Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Float Your Boat. I'm so glad to be back, Breddy Boy. It's George here, everyone. On and Zoom. We're on Zoom, 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 Zoom. Zoomy. Zoomy, Zoom. Yeah. And uh, we're loving it, aren't we? Because we can uh, just, uh, you know, walk around the house in our undies. Yeah, I know from, like, listeners, if you could see George, he's got a T-shirt on, but underneath he's naked probably. Well, you only have to see me from the waist up. That's so, correct. So it's irrelevant what's down there. Yeah, what's underneath that. Below the underbelly. Well, you haven't seen it for, what, like 10 years from the waist <laughs> down, have you? I barely, I can barely see my toes. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's a pretty big belly. And, uh, well, speaking of bellies, okay. Uh, Who we got on today? By the way, well, let's talk about let's talk about we've got someone we've got someone who's now I consider a friend. Um, we met, you know how I like to go off and do all these self development courses and these guru courses. Right? Your kumbaya moments, yes. Kumbaya. So we met we met standing around a campfire. No, no, actually no, that's another story. I'll share that another day. Uh, I met this fellow uh, as soon as I walked into this uh, this course. It was called um, a Men's Inner Journey course down in down in Hillsville in Victoria. And uh, yes, you were going to say something, I bet. No, 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 no I'm okay. listening. And 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 as soon as I walked in, the first the first face I laid eyes on was this fellow, and uh, I just knew immediately this guy's a warm and gentle fellow, and I'm going to get to know him as a friend. And uh, you know, we just we just connected straight away. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a uh, can I say wog boy? Oh, wog boy from uh, from uh, around the traps in Melbourne, uh, and had a you know a, a, a normal upbringing for for a, a son of a migrant family. Uh, but you know, he drifted off into some of the more colourful areas of Melbourne. Oh, really? Yeah. What the underbelly of Melbourne? The underbelly of Melbourne, oh, uh, yes. Under so, you, not under your belly, under the underbelly. No, under, the, the real belly. The and, real belly. And, you know, so, so, so you know, um, he, he's being very generous by coming onto our show. He, we cannot mention his name because, you know, there are still, you know, some, some people out there that uh, might want to come knocking, come and knocking. Might want to toe cut him. That's right. That's right. But he does have a colourful story, and he's prepared to tell us about it. We have to strip out some of the uh, obvious names uh, for, for to protect the innocent, to protect the innocent, or the not so innocent. Absolutely. But uh, but he's he's just arrived, and um, and I wanted to uh, uh, welcome under a pseudonym, Mister Arvi. Mister Arvi, is that what we're calling him? Mister Arvi. <laughs> Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. G'day. G'day, <laughs> Mr. Arby. G'day, Frank. G'day, George. How are we? Mr. Arby. Oh, uh, yeah, Mr. Arby. <laughs> Mr. So, Mr. Arby Norman. 
Um, <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> well, we're going to call him that because, because you know, it's 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 as good as uh, you know. I, I was thinking of what what should we call you? What should we call you, Mister X, Mister Mister P, Mister Pink? No, so Arvi is as good as you. Oh, you can call me whatever you like, George. You know, I'm, I'm happy to go with anything. Uh, gentlemen, before we get started, uh, there's a couple of ground rules on this interview. What, which, which mm-hmm. at, and the main one is, Mr. Arvi, is that George shuts up so that you can get some conversation in, right? So, George, <laughs> I know you're all excited because Mr. Arvi is your mate, but please. I, I have to edit this bloody thing, right? <laughs> and if I let George go, you'll get about two words in an hour and George will be 58 words of, of uh, pontificating. So, George, that's the yeah, rules put a sock today. On it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, Brett, you lead the show. I'm just here as your sidekick today. Go ahead. No, no, no. I want you to ask the first question and then we'll, we'll, we'll roll on from there. So, well, I, welcome to Float Your Boat. <laughs> Welcome thank you to guys thank you guys uh look i, I was just telling uh telling the audience that uh you know when when i laid eyes on you for the first time at uh, men's in the journey it was it was love of, at first sight i just knew straight away i knew straight away we, you and i were going to be friends uh, i'm a lovable character george so you, 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 uh... <laughs> all, all, all jokes aside you really are uh which which is incredible given your journey in life and where you where you were in in the in the dark past and where you are yes. today in in you're you're in the light so you've taken this road to redemption so to speak um, very much so very much so you know like my road to redemption started almost 15 years ago um, and it's been a very long process but um, to to probably start from the beginning you know in in my, in my younger days, um, you know, I grew up with a bit of family violence and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was dad's way or the highway and, um, you know, um, I wanted to learn how to defend myself against that and mm. started associating with the wrong people and then started getting involved in gangs and started doing gang warfare and, and so forth and, you know, took on boxing and karate and, you know, jiu-jitsu and different other forms of martial arts and make myself uh, something into this machine that would, if someone said, uh, you know, go and attack, I'd go and attack. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's something that uh, I'm not proud of now, but um, that's the past and I've learned some very valuable lessons and, done a lot of healing and a lot of healing with the people that uh, I've hurt along my journey. Uh, so, yeah, you know, just being in, in, a, in a format of, of being in a, in a world and an environment that uh, people just don't understand and don't get the concept of why things happen the way that they do and, you know, uh, you know, trust is a big issue in that particular game. And if you're not, uh, you know, your word, um, yeah, you have uh, complications along the line. How old were you when when you started to head in that direction? I was probably just turning 16, Brett. I was 
you know, I'd, um, I'd seen my dad um, beat up on my mum quite a bit and I got to the point where I was just like, this has got to stop. I've got to become the man of the house. Um, I've got to start making a living because dad, dad basically had a bad back injury, fell from a story high where a chain had broke and was never the same. So, you know, he had no uh, guidelines to help him out in the world and men were, were probably unsure of where to turn to to get help. So he just became isolated and became very violent. Uh, was drinking and, and so forth. And, yeah, so it sort of turned me in, in that particular person because I would cop a hiding and get a beating. And uh, so I decided to, well, if it's good enough for Dad, it's good enough for me and I'll teach him a lesson, which I end up doing and putting him in hospital and I almost um, lost my job. Uh, at the time, I was an apprentice in the ordnance factory and um, I had the police arrive at my, my work and they were going to take me away, which they end up did and doing, sorry, and uh, I end up uh, being put charges on from my dad and my mum was in hospital fighting for her life and um, with that, it was... It got to the point where, oh, shit, I'm behind bars. What's the next step? Am I going to become a criminal? Am I going to get out? And I was lucky enough that a chaplain and a, and a lady officer spoke to my mum and convinced her to lay charges on my father and that my mum would drop the charges on my father if he dropped the charges on me. So that's, that's exactly what what took place. They convinced my mum. My mum did the um, press charges on my father and said that she would drop them if she if he dropped them on me. So he did. Once they both recovered, uh, mum come and stayed with me and my father disowned me. So uh, did you have brother brothers and sisters? Yeah, I, I did have a, uh, another brother. Um, he... Um, he sort of kept in the background a younger brother that um, didn't really didn't really do much. Mm-hmm. Um, he did hate what I did to my father, um, and since then our relationship has been hot and cold right. over the years. So, yeah, sorry, George. He was more he was more passive, uh, more of a. Um, he, he wasn't a fighter like you. He was someone who, um, you know, tried to just avoid. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He, he just avoided the the conflict. You know, he would recluse into his bedroom. And, mm. um, yeah, I don't think he ever ever forgave me for what I did to Dad. Um, but he wasn't the – not making excuses, but he wasn't the one that um, saw Mum laying in a, a pool of blood with, you know, her teeth – knocked out and, you know, yeah, right. her, her arms broken, you wow. know, her jaw broken, broken ribs. Your, your dad went that that far? Yeah, that far. Yeah, he went that far and I just, I saw red, lost the plot and, um, yeah, he took off somewhere and 
I had a pretty good idea where he was, took off after him and, um, yeah, end up uh, almost killing him myself. And what did you attack him with, if you don't mind me asking, or what is it do you um, Well, just basically I grabbed him, punched him. I had a club lock in my hand. Oh, I see. Uh, from the steering wheel that we used to use in the old days. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I bludged him a couple of times with that and uh, the police arrived and, um, yeah, I was just uh, a wild, wild animal at that time and um, it took about six or seven of them, six or seven of them, sorry, to um, to pull me off and, and try and calm me down and, yeah. Well, Mr. Avi, uh, you know, you've got um... – I mean that's a quite a quite a harrowing story, but you were obviously in the prime of your your youth. I mean you mm. you have obviously you were a mature you, you're a you're young adult, uh, you know, very strong, very healthy. Uh, but would you say that there was this this anger inside of you, um, this this kind of um, energy that you you found difficult to suppress? Uh, yeah, I did after. I'd say over the years, say from the age of 10 to 15 to 16, you know, like copying a beating and from dad all the time, it was just, um, yeah, just this anger built up and, yeah, I was just, I swore black and blue that no one would ever would ever hurt me or touch me again and, I've, you know, I've got great satisfaction that, you know, I turned myself into this, machine that uh, could defend himself and um, and then thought oh well um, I can uh, I can go from there are your mum and dad still alive uh, yeah dad is alive but I don't know where he is he could be somewhere in St Albans Victoria or he could be in Bundaberg Queensland I'm You're not right. sure right okay so so that's a uh... That's an area of your life that still hasn't uh, had any closure. Is that correct? No, no. I have been trying to look for my father for the last year and a half, and I just seem to be hitting dead ends uh, yep. all the time. And I think the last option will be a, a private, private investigator. Yeah. Which um, I've I've got a couple of quotes over the last few weeks that um, I can go from there. How old would he be now? Uh, Dad would be 73, 74. Right, so not super old. So he's probably no. still a bit nimble and um, able to get around, not like, you know, in his late 80s or something. Where mm. he's <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, let, let's go back. Let's go back to that that point. You, you still managed to hold down a job as an apprentice um you know you, you, yeah it's pretty interesting actually you, what how you managed to get into a field that uh, that probably needed a high level of security clearance is that correct uh not not really we we had security guards at uh at the ordnance factory which then became australian defense industries but it's, you just showed your badge and you walked on through and back in the day you know if you wanted to take something out um, you just um, slab a beer, or you know, some cash would would help you uh, get that stuff out if you if you required it. 
Yeah, you and you. What what was your particular uh, expertise at the time? What were you doing? Uh, I was a toolmaker, uh, doll site um, maker, which would the old um, American bofers, the cannons on the ships, so mm-hmm. to speak, and mm-hmm. there'd be a particular dial site on them, and we used to we used to make them, and we used to also make the shells for the bofers. Gotcha, gotcha. So. You, you were living this, you were starting to live this um, double life, so to speak. You had this yeah. official job and, you know, on the face of it, uh, you know, quite a normal life. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how you started to drift. Uh, well, I started with, with the gangs and, you know, uh, we'd just go and, you know, be gangs and rough up some people and, yeah. What did you rough them up for? Like what was yeah, it? Oh, just, just gangs against gangs, you know, just, oh, you, know, you know, just do that type of stuff. Um, and, you know, I started to get quite good at it, could really start to defend myself quite quite well. So um, then someone spotted me and thought, oh, come and join our gang. And they approached me, pulled me aside and, yeah, and that's, that's where it, it led to, to doing other things and, you know, collecting money that people owed and uh, safe money and stuff like that. And Was yeah. there, um, I mean, was it was it pretty much a world like, uh, like we see in mafia movies, you know, where there's, um, you know, security money that's paid every week? Mm, yeah, pretty much. So, pretty much. so there was, there was, there was standover game happening in yeah there was which there, areas which areas of uh, melbourne well, let's just let's in? just say melbourne yeah, yeah. okay won't, won't say any particular areas right okay yeah okay. george come on you know the rules here <laughs> no, no uh, look, okay okay He's so I've, 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 I've limited i've limited to melbourne okay that's as far as it's going to go yeah. but so the uh, obviously you can't mention the gang that you were invited into but but you were noticed because you were good with your fists or did you use, you know... Oh, look, I was good, good with my weapons? fist and, and good good with the head. I had a very uncanny talent to have gut feelings of how things would would pan out and, you know, a good um, social aspect of how people thought and yeah. operated. So you weren't just a fighter. You you actually no. actually understood um, um, body language and that you know you you were a negotiator as well, right? Yeah, yeah, and could read people. You know, like I could tell when they were lying. It was just yeah, very instinctive, conscious type thing, which I never knew much about uh, back then, and I just sort of thought it was hocus pocus back then, mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Completely different to what I am, um, what I believe now. <laughs> right, probably right. probably handy to have that uh, that um, ability, right? In in the game. Oh, you were in. definitely, definitely, because you knew exactly, you know, whether people were lying or whether they're going to try something on, and you could prepare, and you know, and I was good at preparing and having people at the side just in case. Hence why you're here having this conversation with us, obviously. You're still, you're still, you're still around. You're not in a coffin. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I mean, I, the, the, the question that I have is, is um, um, 
you know, are you able to share like some some examples of what you're talking about? Like, you know, some early examples that might go back to an age where those people aren't around anymore, so you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to, George, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> oh, oh, no, actually, no, I have no, a job. No, I actually, have, I actually have a job for you. You could be, you could be my chief advisor because <laughs> if you can pick. If you can pick the liars out there, I'd, I'd want you on my side. <laughs> yeah, George hasn't. George George gave that ability away when he was young, and he hasn't managed to get it oh, back. No, 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 he I, hasn't got it back. I've been, I've been, I've been looking. He's too for that gullible. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if I told you, if I told you the stories of how I've been, been, been an easy mark for people, like, you know, you you think you you're um, such an intelligent bloke, but you're bloody stupid. How is that? Oh, well, it's true, but I can see a cross on your forehead right now. You know, it's <laughs> little a sucker. Yeah, sucker, that's right. I say, you do know him very well, Mr. A. <laughs> he, he just finished telling us how well he reads people. So, <laughs> so Mr. Navi, let's let's go back to maybe a couple of examples that share. Oh, like, look, I, I can share a little bit with you, yep. and you know, like um, I, I got out of the game of. Um, of hurting people as as much as what I used to, and then started um, using my brain, and I, w- I would actually uh, get a team together, or I'd have a team, and we would set up something to go down, and then you know from there we'd action it, mm-hmm. and I would say there was a ninety nine point nine percent success rate every time we we did it which eventually noted and you you climb obviously the ranks within the fraternity and um yeah you're you become a very valuable part of the team because you're able to uh distinguish what's what and how you think things are going to play it's like uh forecasting the weather that's coming but uh, a lot better than what they they're able to predict. So I take it you've met some um, some pretty smart blokes in that upper management, for want of a better term, um, mm-hmm. that are probably quite infamous um, over the, the years. Would I be correct? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. You would definitely be correct there, Brett. You know, um, I've met quite a few um, lovely people in my time. Lovely. Yeah, and uh, you know, some not so lovely and. Uh, you know that's uh, part of the turf that you're you're on. So, you know, watching your back in how you say things is uh, definitely something you have to be aware of at all times. So you were very you were very perceptive, obviously, but but sounds to me like a, also a very good organizer. You you could organize teams of people. Um, yes. So project management is um, like uh, right up your alley. Yeah, well, uh, it is, you know, like organising my team that I work with at the moment in the food industry. Yeah, we're a um, well-oiled machine and uh, we've been able to transform our, our changeovers from what used to be a good couple of hours to now 15 to 20 minutes tops. Can you... Can you just explain the kind of um, the set the scene for how it was in the Melbourne um, community? Um, 
good versus bad like what were the coppers like compared to like the 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 management teams you were working with were um <laughs> you know i mean can you just ex- set the scene for us oh look um with with trying to set the scenes you know you've got your ordinary people that have no idea of what's going on there you go and you've got your other people who have an inkling that something's going on but just don't care and then you've got other people who who know what's going on and turn a blind eye um and pretty much you know then there's a further in-depth to that again and you know that's and that's when people start to pry into things that they don't understand and that's that's when people get themselves into trouble because they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Um, you're familiar with the, uh, the the TV series Underbelly? Yes, I am. <laughs> How familiar? <laughs> he produced it, George. <laughs> were, you, were, you a, were you the script writer? <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no chance. No but, chance. But, but in in all uh, in all in all truth, uh, like you know, with all the characters in that uh, in the series, you uh, were you familiar with all of them? Oh, let's say a majority. And and some of the characters seemed quite colourful on, on the on, in the series. Um, yeah, were they colourful. <laughs> were they like that in real life? Oh, oh you know, you know what uh, TV's like, George. Um, they they hype it up a lot more than what it needs to be. You know, some of it is based on truth, and some of it is is fictional. Mm. Um, look, um, you know, it's it's like what you see in the movies. Some. Some live it up, some don't. Some like to flaunt, some don't. Mm. So it's uh, it's all different, uh, all different colours and races out there that uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know are out there. You know, I, for me personally, I, you know, I um, I like to live it up with with a few parties and a few things like that, but nothing OTT. Um, mm. Mm. You know, would uh, hire a, a luxury cruiser every now and again, and go out and have some fun on the bay, and then come back and you know have properties in Apollo Bay, and uh, yeah, and just um, you know go and have some fun down that way. When you were having that fun, were like, did you take drugs in that back in those days? Nah, nah, right. wouldn't touch the drugs. Wasn't nah. your thing. No, it wasn't my thing. Was there a lot of that going on though in in the circles that you were uh, mixing in, or was it, it oh, very much like a very traditional game? It, it was scattered, you know. Some some would, some wouldn't. Um, I would say a majority no. Mm. Um, but as you went down, yeah, the the, the ladder, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was probably a little bit more rife in it. That aspect. So the idiots were more likely to take it, and the smarter <laughs> ones uh, further up the food chain were less likely. Well, 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 yeah, I'll... yeah, a bit like George, you know. <laughs> more likely. Oh, thanks to... very much. Thanks so much. I mean, I'm, and, I'm as uh, pious. 
I'm as pious as a church mouse. <laughs> Come on, I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. But I tell you, I tell you, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's some of those typical scenes in, in, uh, in uh, crime um, movies, right? In the mafia movies, mm. they, they, that these big jobs and these big gangs come undone and unstuck because that one guy is on drugs and he gets hooked and he and he gets desperate and he does a deal with gets caught out <laughs> by the FBI or whatever and does a deal. That kind of shit was happening too, right? Like, you know, oh. desperados out there were, were just rolling over and, and giving it. It may have been happening, George. It may have been. Yeah, right. So trust was... Um... <laughs> yeah, right. All right. <laughs> so, so, yeah. It's all right, Brett. <laughs> so, so trust trust was a big thing, right? Oh, enormous thing. And, and what happened to people that kind of broke that trust in general? Like, you know, you can't really... Oh, they'd fall off a ladder, George. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are speaking collectively. You know, a, little, a little, little black cat would go underneath, and you know the, wow. the ladder, the ladder would topple over. So, so Mr. Avi, if you don't mind me asking, like, how did you, like, where was your predominant source of income during this period? Like, uh, you know, you said you had boats, you had houses, mm. you had parties. Um, would you? I mean, without giving it too much away, there, there would have been. Um, uh, was it? Was it? Um, protection money or was it uh, like you know it's just a job george it was just a job you know and you got paid for what you did so when you decided to get out was that because you'd hit a, a low point like you know what was the what was the switch that made you go you know i've had enough of this i've got to move on was there something that was there a catalyst i guess yeah, look, there was there was a catalyst, and there was a certain event that 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 went down in Melbourne um, that uh, really worried me, and and then you know, I I have two beautiful boys, and you know, I just thought, do I do I really want to bring them up in this type of lifestyle, and um, you know, and I just said no, and. That was probably my catalyst, my two boys getting out. Was it an intuition thing again? Was it your gut feeling? Yeah, pretty again? much. Right. Pretty much because things were going pear-shaped and, yeah, didn't didn't want to be a part of it at that particular time. So there's only so long you can uh, run, with the, run with the wolves, so to speak. Well, you're supposed to run with the wolves for the rest of your life. Right. Is that is that the unspoken rule? Is it? Yeah. So once you're in, you're in for life. Pretty much, pretty much. So, but there must be there must be other people that you know have done, um, you know, have transitioned out. And uh, yeah, there are, there are. Yeah, right. There's there's quite a few people out there. A lot of them don't don't talk about it. Um, a lot of them have become born again Christians, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, found God through that through through either spending time in jail or, or whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, there, there are some beautiful men out there that have, that have got out there and, mm. you know, living a completely different life. So are all these years down the track, are there still people out there that you'd prefer not to see on a dark night walking down the street? <laughs> no, I'm cool with it. Right. I'm cool with it, yeah, yeah. 
Because you obviously can still handle yourself on a one-on-one, and like you know, like you know, you're I'm not getting the, old, George. You know, so yeah, you know, we're all getting a little bit round. Can't can't handle myself like I used to. Oh, uh, you know, we used to be, you know, like V-shaped. Now we're like more like a cylinder, <laughs> but that's okay. Cylinders roll very well. <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> uh, you know. You know. So so so, Mr. Avi, like, just explain. Just explain the. Um, I mean, the process for you, what was you, you, you're thinking, obviously you, you saw the walls, the walls come, mm. coming in on you. Um, but, but, but obviously like, where do you, like, where do you turn to at that moment? Like, where did you turn to? Oh, look, um, I tried psychiatrists. Um, you, you, you really have no one really to, to turn to because you can't, you've been taught not to trust people. Right. And, you know, and, and that's something that I taught myself is that, you know, there's, there's no one I can trust. I can't put, no one's got my back. I've got my back and that's, and that's who I am and, and that's who I've created. So you're fighting the demons within yourself. Mm. You're fighting the demons that are the thoughts that are in your head mm. that you've created. Mm. And you know it was also the demons of what you were a part of, and you know there's there were times where I would go anything from twenty four to sixty four, maybe even an eighty hour week where I wouldn't get any sleep. Just wow. just just too shit scared to close my eyes. Um. You know, any little noise that you'd hear and, you know, I'd just be to attention as a as a soldier ready ready for battle just in case. Was that a was that a form of depression, would you say? Or it's oh, just a or fear or um I, I would say anxiety. more fear and anxiety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um so you were restless all the time. Very restless. Very restless. It, it, it sort of really wore me down and I could really feel myself going from a real peak to a really lull and, you know, really started to stack on the kilos after that. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was terrible times. How long did that go on for? I'd say nearly 10 years. Right. Wow. 10 years of, of my life just, you know, and then, you know, in the process of getting myself out, getting, finding a job that I could try and hold down and not be late to or, you know, not get angry and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, you're your worst enemy sometimes and you go into work and you just – you'd be okay and then someone would just, you know, slap the table or drop something and and you, you turn around and you just flip your shit and and it's, and it's exactly what I used to do. I used to flip my shit and throw tools and throw chairs through windows and, you know, for just something something simple. So, so what was it? What was it that eventually got you through that was there something i mean apart from your boys um obviously but was there something else that or somebody else i was just uh, i I, I have to say look i was 
God was a big, big thing for me. I was starting to read the Bible and, and I was searching for answers. There had to be a different life and um, was very scared to turn to anybody. And I finally found a late, particular lady that I could trust and talk to her about my my doings and she would help me with hypnosis and other things like that and um and then unfortunately she she passed away five five almost six years ago now so um that was to natural causes nothing to do with it wasn't because of you was no no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's a but, general question you can ask. <laughs> but, but no, I, I'm sorry to just lighten the lighten the the uh, the moment. But, uh, mm. but I'm I'm curious, uh, Mr. Arby, what were the what were the kind of thoughts that were going through your head that you needed to deal with? What were the stories that were going around in your head? Ah, oh, look, I just. You know, I'd have nightmares where, you know, would envisage particular people coming into my room and, you know, stabbing me, stabbing the family, killing us or shooting us or, you know, yeah. I'd shit myself when I hear a, a car backfire, you know, walking or driving down the street or, you know, just living on a knife's edge. Um, with with particular thoughts, yeah, just you know, trying to get through to the next day or even just to the next couple of hours, you know, especially walking in in the street and you know, there's a whole heap of people and I'm constantly turning my head left to right. Um, for hear a particular voice that um that I recognised, just immediate turnaround and stop and and see what's going on, look for a passage to um, to get away from. Hmm. So, so how do you think um, others in that game manage to last as long as they do? I mean, do, do you think that they have the same thoughts, processes, et cetera, or is it because they stay on the inside that they don't? Ah. Uh. Tough question. It's it, it it's a number of things, Brett. Where you um, you know, money talks and who you associate with, and yeah, just uh, getting getting into the a routine of you know, and changing up that routine. So it's so it's not the same process all the time, because if you continue to do the same process every day, um. You're, a, you're an easy target. Yeah. So, you know, changing your routine daily or weekly or whatever, depending on who you were, would be a good thing. I could see how you were, you know, probably like a dog shitting razor blades every day. Um, Definitely, mate. That's all. Yeah. That's probably a, a light way of putting it. Yeah. I mean, really, that, that requires a lot of thought. A lot of um, planning just to just undertake simple tasks like going to the bank or going shopping. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely, just going for a simple walk to the letterbox. So, so you you managed to find a lady that you could trust, right? So that mm. obviously opened up doors um, in your 
in your in my journey. Yeah, your journey, right? Tell tell us about where those doors led to. It's it, it led to to starting to open up and and trust other people. Um, it led to not everybody's bad. No one, not everyone's got an agenda. You know, some are, some people are love, some people are hate. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it, it it started leading me down a, a spiritual journey. Um, you know, and I was starting to have better dreams, and you know, wanting more for my life, and and things like that, and mm-hmm. um, you know, selling up um, all the stuff that I I did have um, was a given, and um, yeah, there was a particular process that uh, that happened that I end up um, copying a hiding in it to. Um, to her rehabilitation in hospital for six months. Um, oh, okay. So, that was part um, of the exit plan. Um, so you got through that, obviously, because you're sitting here, you know, putting up with George and See, I. Yes. <laughs> Smiling at you too, cronies. So, so, <laughs> you know. so now, uh, I, I guess it's years later, like if you're looking back on your life, would you? I mean, obviously you would have done things differently, but um, has it led you now into something where your life's fantastic? I guess is the question. Oh, well, Brett, funny, funny you should say that. Yeah, um, as George was mentioning about a, you know, man's in a journey where I met George, and um, you know, I'm I'm now in a process where I'm I'm helping men. Uh, you know, fathers with their with their sons and daughters, someone that people can turn to, and if they if they need help, I can I can direct them in in many directions, and you know, doing follow ups and making sure that they're okay, um, you know, and 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 getting that that help for myself too, and you know, opening up myself to a completely different world where I've become a more conscious person more caring, loving, um, have approached people that I've hurt and um, apologised and made things right. Some have been accommodating. Some have told me to <laughs> F off. Hit the highway. <laughs> Hit the highway. It's so a good way to do it. So in other words, instead of taking, you're, you're now giving. So it's like definitely. full circle. It's like the yin and yang symbol, I so, so it, to speak. It definitely, definitely yin yang. You know, um, becoming from this hardened person to a person of love and light. You know, being a part of a, a, a group called Melbourne's Men's Group, where we get together and you know men can, can speak and not get judged, and uh, that was something that I was always fearful of being judged for what I've, what I've done, you know, um, not proud of what I've done in any sense, but uh, there are lessons in life that I've obviously had to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's now a loving process that I'm able to give back to the community and to all, all mankind. Got to, I've got to say, for <clears throat> I don't know you as that person in the past. I know you as someone being generous 
loving, caring, touchy, touchy, feely, feely, and, and, and very effusive. You're like, you're very optimistic and, and supportive and, and, uh, love a laugh and, uh, and very caring. And there's a warmth about you that just uh, envelops people as soon as they come near you. Uh, it's, it's, and, and I also know you as, you know, someone who can cry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That, uh, from, from a hardened person who couldn't cry, for, so I hadn't cried from the age of 15 till I was two. So now you're catching up, right? Yeah, I am. Um, Noah's Ark's got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. What is it? I think what George is it? and I are a bit like that. So we're, 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 I am too. I, I, strangely enough, I, I didn't cry until, I, I mean, I couldn't feel uh, enough depth of emotion to cry until after my dad passed through. And, um, mm. Oh, it's definitely, it's, you know, like it's okay to be vulnerable and, and people think that vulnerability is... Um, a form of fear and to be scared of, and it's it's definitely not that vulnerability is to be, you know, with love and to 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 cherish it. It's um it's a great tool to get through with life, and when you're being vulnerable with someone and honest, you know, you're um you're so much more respected, and uh, you know, people feel that comfort and can open up to you and, and that's why we have Melbourne's men's in a, and Melbourne men's group sorry and man's in a journey and it's this is a beautiful process for men to to open up and and you know don't want people to commit suicide you know or just now every time I hear the statistics of men and um, you know women and and children it's just it's frightening and if I can make a dent in that, that's that's what my my goal is these days. Mm. If there was one piece of advice you'd like to give a young fella like yourself, <laughs> starting out in the game by accident, probably, or through this, you know, possibly the same way. Usually, it happens that they're they're on the wrong side of the tracks. What sort of advice do you would you give somebody like that now? Oh, look, that's a good question, um, Brett. Um, I would definitely say try and get in touch with someone that's that's been in it, have a one-on-one, I'm, and I'm happy to put my myself out there that if they would love to contact me or ask me questions. Well, maybe through but, the men's group, right? Yeah, definitely through men's group and, you know, there's lots of other things out there and look if if I had to give a one single piece of advice was not to do it right don't do it so do you know what uh, how how somebody could get in touch with the men's group is there a website or something yeah like look it, there's a, there's a website there's um, a Facebook page uh, on Facebook so just look up uh, Melbourne's men's group or Go to www.melbournemensgroup.com.au. Yep. Uh, if not, um, if listeners want to know more about it, we we are doing Zoom calls now, and we're going Australia wide because of the coronavirus, and it's something that um, you know we'd like to put out there for for people. So 
give us a call. I'm think, happy to leave a number. I think um, they can they can get in touch with us as well. Any any of our listeners yes. um, wanting to connect to any of these Zoom calls, um, uh, feel free to contact us, and we'll refer you on to the Zoom link. Absolutely, um, definitely. Before we go, but I guess usually what we do to finish off the interview, Mister A, is um, we um, get you to pick a favourite song. I, I should have put that in the email, but as usual, stupid me forgot to do it. But is there a song that you think encapsulates your life or is there a song that has seen you through tough times and good times? Yeah, the um, the Eye of the Tiger. Okay. Is that right? Can you... That, no, can don't, you don't, was, don't, don't ask him to sing it. <laughs> no, 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 I was, was no, going to ask him I'm to not, sing it because I know that he's not... He, I'm not he, blessed with he that. Does, <laughs> no, I know that. <laughs> We've stood round campfires holding hands and singing, and I can tell he's not really that good. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it anyway. <laughs> but I was just going to ask. I was going to ask you, like, uh, obviously, it, uh, it it was a song that you played often to get you through uh, tough times. Just to understand. Yeah, definitely, you know. definitely. One one request that I'd like from the two of you boys, if I may ask. Oh God, here we go. Oh, okay, yes. okay. I'm nervous now. You're nervous now. Well, look, something's just jogged my my memory and I'd love to also play another song if I may. Mm -hmm. Sure. And say what a wonderful world. Good. A very apt song for now. Um, Happy to play that one for you, Mr. Ray. And um, and, uh, before we go... What are you? What are you actually doing now that you're in? Like we're all in ISO, as they say. What are you? You know, what are you up to? Oh well, I'm I'm busy working in the food industry and you know trying to keep up with restocking shelves that people just keep demolishing. So it's amazing, you know, isn't it? The hoarding's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> it's good, great. good for business, but <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, the business is shot through um we were we were really struggling before the virus um came about and there was there was talks of redundancies in our in our very own department that i work in and uh, and now we just we just can't get enough output out so yeah there's been a lot of overtime and a lot of casuals coming in so it's been good so there's been upside for for uh, someone in this coronavirus crisis thing. Certainly hasn't oh. been for you and I, George. <laughs> no, it's gone. It's gone the other. It's gone the other it's way. It's gone the us. other way for us. I think. I, I think uh, next week's episode is going to be out of a cardboard box. <laughs> I'm actually selling the podcast as we speak. Oh, mate, can I pass the hat around to all, all the listeners? <laughs> We'd like to donate to the uh, the welfare of the Sabados family. Just feel free and the Pattinson <laughs> family. George had to sell his goat this week. That's how bad things have got. That is. I <laughs> thought it was the sheep. <laughs> no, he's, he, he likes. He prefers goats. And there's not as much fur around. Yeah, anyway. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dimitra was my favourite. <laughs> Mr. Ray, it's um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, you're a remarkable bloke, and and it's true testament that you can get through. And uh, you can. It, it's been awesome talking to you. I, I feel very privileged. Well, thank you. It's um, it's it's been an absolute honour, and I want to thank yourself, Brett and George, for asking me to come on. You know, I did have my doubts, 
Um, but I thought this is a better opportunity with a podcast so I can get it out there that you can set yourself free from any turmoil and, you know, and hand on my heart when I put it out there to listeners that nothing's too tough. Mm. We can get through this. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mr. A, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you Mr. A. My, You're welcome. My, my thank blessing, you, boys. My blessings to you, my friend. Yep. No, oh, thank you. No, he's, he's – um, he and I are brothers, uh, Brett, from a different mother. Yep. Uh, yes. We're brothers and uh, thanks, brother. You're welcome, brother. Infinite love and gratitude to all. Take love care. Take care. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue. Thank you.